Blog Talk Radio. From the Windy City to your city, courtside, the matchup you've been waiting for. A field of dreams for some and a long ride home for others. Sounding so good through the air, it's like you're right there. Folks, you want the score? People, she's got your game. It's the Maya Kai Show, featuring comedian Nikki Braden. She is pretty funny with your host, Maya Kai. Radio never looks so good. Welcome to the Maya Kai Show Unplugged featuring comedian Nikki Brayton. We are fresh off our spring break. Christ has risen. Yes. <laughs> it's a new yes. week. I got some gripes about Easter. Can I just tell you that? Though the funniest yeah. meme I got was, was, that, was that egg meme. Okay, the egg. That's the best ever. I mean, it's the best oh, ever. That was just the best it, thing it, ever. That was great. Good stuff. Great. I got some gripes about, about Easter. And it's not about Easter itself. It's about people in Easter. But we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, everybody. So obviously okay. you're in the show. Officially, we're going to help you kick your morning up to the midday. That's what we do. And that's why this is the show. Mondays are always a little rough. I don't know what it is about. News kind of just comes to a halt a little bit going through the weekend. But we'll recap some stuff, and there's some new stuff out there. So how the show is going to avoid, we kick off everything with what's trending, those hot topics and headlines everyone's talking about. They normally have a local, national, international focus. We do a little bit of actually both. We're going to hit all three today. Also within this first hour, we'll have point of view. I've been trying to get to this story for a bit, and finally, we're going to talk about Gene Simmons, who everybody knows is the lead vocalist for KISS, um, really has some interesting comments about hip-hop, rap. And I'll be honest, Nikki, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with him. I don't, I don't not disagree abrasive. with him. I don't think he was being abrasive because he didn't just go after hip-hop. He had comments about music in general. So we'll talk about that yeah. point of view as well as an interesting segment was recently on, you know, Holly Robinson, Pete, had that reality show with her, with her husband and her kids. Yes. Um, she has a son that's autistic. And she had a really interesting mm-hmm. conversation with him about safety. And I'll be curious what you think about it, what our listeners think I, about yeah. it. Like, was it was it the right thing to say? I mean, I understand why she talked to him the way she did, but I think some people would have an issue with it. So we'll, we'll jump into that in, in the point of view okay. segment. And then that's the first hour. The second hour is the fringe is back. And the buzz that's been going around is if you need to call 911, there, I guess, are some key words that you need to say if you want to be moved to the top of the list of being the important person making the call. So just calling isn't enough. But I get that because some people okay. do abuse 911. So we'll talk about that just in case you need to know what the key words, if you happen to need their assistance, what to say. And then say what is back. Those stories that make you scratch your head and say, really? And Uber is at it again. I just don't Oh, I don't know. poor Uber. It's, but not – it's, it's, it's interesting. We'll talk a bit about that. And then we'll wrap up everything with Celebrity Talk and, and the Side Eye. A new show that's out called, it's about black attorneys. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I got to check it out. And we're going to talk about Batman versus Superman. Lots of mixed kind of, you know, comments about that. So we'll talk about that. That's how the show is going to wrap up. So remember, we're on with you until 2 p.m. So if you want to join the conversation, of course, we always like to hear what you have to say. You can call into the show 310-807-5211 or social media is your comfort zone. Or if you're at work and you just, you know, really can't call in, we get it. You can always find me on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> Love it. Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. I don't even know what that other word was supposed to be. I got disturbed by my neighbors next door um, who, were, who were hollering out. I'll talk about that a bit, too. Um, Facebook and Twitter at the Maya Kai Show. Nikki, where can our listeners connect with you? 
Um, I am Nikki Braden on Facebook. I flunked out of Twitter, but <laughs> Nikki Braden on that. The oh, Nikki Braden on Instagram. And the chat room is wide open. And you, and you, you flunked, I flunked out of, out of Twitter school, school Yeah, I flunked Twitter she was, school. She was called to Twitter. Twitter school. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> All right. So we're going to remain consistent. We are officially in the sign of the Aries, which goes from March yes. 21st to April 19th. So what is in store for our Aries brethren today? Okay, you cannot wait. That is not. All right, here we go. Although no one seems to fully understand what you need now, others will ultimately support you on your current journey rather than throwing up roadblocks. Don't assume that people are resisting your unorthodox ideas because they aren't enthusiastic about your plans. They just might not want to be actively involved. If you believe you're on the right track, demonstrate your courage by moving ahead on your own, no matter what anyone else says. Those who fly solo have the strongest wings. There you go. There you go. Just Do your thing. March on and I felt bad. Drama. I started to feel bad a little bit because I played the Aries and I didn't tell them their celebrity birthdays. And I was like, oh, that's mean. Pisces aren't mean like yep. that. So go I, ahead. I, I helped them out a little bit. I threw some out there. But I, I came through and said, here are some notable yes, Aries that have birthdays. Any good ones today at all? Anybody of importance yes. that's relevant? March 28th, Lady Gaga is 30 today. Reba oh, McIntyre is 61. Yes. Wait a minute. You say Lady Reba Gaga McIntyre is 61. Wow, okay. Kate Goslin is 41 today. Vince Vaughn is 46. Okay. And Julia Stiles is 35. Okay. Today. I honestly thought Lady Gaga was a little older than that. She comes I I thought about she was, too. I don't know if this is one of these celebrity trickeries, like she's really, like, 35, but they're just saying 30. But, but I thought age. she was a little bit older. Yeah, yeah sometimes people scale it back actually. a couple years. That's what Hollywood does. You scale yeah, it back okay. a couple years. So she could actually be 35. <laughs> she might. She looks like it. Not that she looks old. She just, I don't know why it's interesting look about her. All right, so before we jump into what's trending, can I just get my gripe about Easter? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I have come to the conclusion you know, I posted Happy Easter, everybody, and, you know, I kind of, re- I posted a, you know, a, a meme that was religious, because I'm fine with that. Why is it I feel like every holiday, I want someone to explain to me. Like, this happens with Christmas, and I get the whole Santa Claus comes from St. Nick. I get that. Even though with Christmas is supposed to be about the birth of Christ. So now we get to the resurrection of Christ, and what the hell does bunnies and eggs have to do with anything? Where did Nothing. that come from? Nothing. I'm serious, though. What's like, Nothing. I'm confused where this comes from. You know what? What's so interesting, because we didn't, we, it was Good Friday, but usually I do the top ten, and so my, um, but we didn't have the show, but what I was going to do is do Easter around the world and how other countries celebrate Easter, and what was so hilarious is that all these other countries actually have a culture and they have a thing, and like, it's a thing, and when it got to the United States, you know what they did? They just listed all the candies that we eat. It was like Cadbury eggs. I mean, that's all they did. They listed all the candies. Oh. I mean, just a list of candies. And then they're like, Americans believe that you're supposed to eat the bunny ears first. And I'm like, we are we so do? stupid. Wait, hold I, up. I mean, that's rule? what it said. It, yes. And then it was like the White House lawn and the Easter egg. That's what we were famous for for Easter, the candy, biting bunny ears, and then the White House lawn. Yes. I will admit, the though, um, for what it's worth, the, the sugar rush that you get, I do enjoy Peeps. 
Um, and that is nothing but a bunch of sugar. But for some bizarre reason, I really yeah, do. I like hate that. peeps. We had a whole peep conversation yesterday. I hate peeps. peeps. I don't know what that fur that is, is on the outside of that marshmallow. I cannot stand peeps. They're disgusting. You like those? It's rolling. Yeah, I love peeps. Anyway, it's a sugar roll. Uh. Are you kidding me? That's nothing but straight sugar. That's crazy. I don't know. I was just like, you know, it was Easter. It was real low-key for me. And I was like, why is, what's the fascination? Like, you hear very few people kind of refer to really what Easter is like Christmas. I'm like, we've become so commercial. I'm like, and that's kind of sad. But I guess if you're not religious, then that works for you. But I just want to know where the bunnies and eggs. It's really contradictory and makes no sense to me. But, yeah, it's kind of of odd. But, all right. So, all right. So, Easter was, you know, it was cool. It was laid back. Beautiful weather. It was always nice to see little kids dressed up like little kids. I enjoy that. But the whole egg thing is always kind of a... I'm going to throw me for a loop on that, but one day I'll do research on that. All right, let's jump into what's trending. All right, so we'll start with Chicago first. That's where we hit local. So as we know, um, with all the scandal that's happened in Chicago, um, Gary McCarthy, who was the superintendent of the chief of police in Chicago, he resigned, um, pretty much fired, but they let him exit and resign. Mm -hmm. So we've had an interim police chief at this point in Escalante, who was the second to, to Gary McCarthy, as they're looking to replace a superintendent. So the process is that the city police board is supposed to give nominations, and then the mayor has to agree or disagree, select somebody, and then it goes to city council and there on so forth. Well, pretty much, Rahm Emanuel takes the recommendations that were given and said, not interested, and appoints right. his own guy and Eddie Johnson, and everyone's like, how is this working together with the police department? And once again, everybody's putting him kind of under scrutiny, like what makes Eddie Johnson the guy who, by the way, wasn't even asking for the job, wasn't even the running for it at all. And everyone's a little, like, baffled, like, why Rahm Emanuel would actually make this recommendation that makes no sense and not falling in line with trying to work with the actual Chicago police board. Yeah, this is what I don't understand. And I'm like, aren't you in enough trouble with police and everything? The whole debacle that's been going on in Chicago with the police and shooting people and all of these things that are, you know, that have been happening, um, along with getting Anita Alvarez um, out of office, all of this, it seems like he would comply a little bit better. You just don't appoint your own guy. You know what I mean? That seems so self-serving. And that's the last thing that he should be doing right now. I don't know why he would do that. I don't even know why he would nobody, do that. that is- nobody does either. Either So we're back to the drawing board where now the police board uh, has to nominate three more candidates. And even within that first round, it was interesting, it was um, two, two black officers and um, a white female were in that going. I'll tell you what, whoever they pick, I would not want this job. I wouldn't want no. to. I wouldn't. It, it, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's a job that is really just embattled in too much controversy. There is a lot of work to be done. And you're walking mm-hmm. into a police force at this point that feels very polarized. And you have yes. to walk in with whoever you are and deal with a, a force that feels demoralized and not supported by the city and its mayor. And then, you know, you've got, you know, the, the, the police you know, organization, their union. You've got cases on the table. I wouldn't want that job for nothing in the world. And whoever takes it is crazy. No. Seriously. They're crazy yeah. because it's just it's, it has it's too a much lot controversy tied to it. Yes, it absolutely is, and you are walking into an absolute fiasco right now. So it's a lot of fixing that you have to do. So, yeah, I wouldn't want the job either because it's a lot to fix. Now, There's a lot that needs a to lot be done. To fix. And it's under, and you, everybody is watching. You understand? You know, everybody is watching. Everybody mm-hmm. is watching. You know, and it's interesting because it's being reported that the chief of police in DeKalb County, which is um, outside of Atlanta, um, his name is Dr. Cedric Alexander, was one of the first-round candidates, and allegedly it was reported that 
Rahm Emanuel had initially offered him the job on Thursday, but then called him Saturday and rescinded the offer. So originally there was somebody coming out of Atlanta. Once again, I'm like, I don't know much about, you know, who Dr. Cedric Alexander is, but, you know, right. you've got to find somebody who understands big city dynamics. But I don't think you, I was going to say, I don't think you can come from Atlanta and then walk into this burning hell and, like, turn it around. I don't know how that would work. I don't know. You need Satan for this job. That's who can do it. You cannot okay, come from Atlanta and then think you're going to do something here. No. You do. No. You. I mean, you really have to think. You need somebody that has experience but who, who can be – who can lead the force, who are, they're going to trust and believe in him, but yet at the same time, somebody that can restore faith and, and, and citizens. It's just, it's a big role, and I don't know who you pick up to fix this, but I was like, Atlanta, no, that's not, I'm not saying they don't have issues in Atlanta, but I don't, but then again, maybe it is a fit, because we've, we've taken people from the city of New York, and I don't think that's worked for Chicago either. So maybe somebody right. from a smaller town, maybe they bring something different to the table. I, I just don't know what the right fit is for this. I, I really don't know who they get, whoever it is. Um, I'll be honest. Let me just say this. I don't think a woman in the world should want this job, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not no. the right time for a woman to be the chief of police for the city of Chicago because there's too many issues on the table, and you would just have your back against the wall. So, one, people are already going to give you a hard time just because you're a woman, yeah. and that's why even though I'm not saying a woman isn't capable of the job, what we don't have time for is sexist, you know, kind of mentalities working against her. So right Correct. now is that a right is not good for a woman to become, you know, the chief of police in Chicago. And I know that sounds bad, like I'm not being supportive, but I'm like, we know how that works when when you're the opposite of what people expect. So people, people right, people don't focus on the issues and we really need to be focused yes. on the issues. We don't need semantics right now. I mean it's the last thing yes. that Chicago needs is semantics and focusing on a woman being I mean, I think a woman I think a woman could turn it around, but the sad part about it is it's gonna be the semantics of it that everybody's gonna focus on the wrong thing. And that's horrible, but I think and a woman know, probably would do a better job. Because Probably, you know, we can't do any, we can't do any worse. It's already been done. Let's put it that way. But a lot of people are a little angry because they feel like why John Escalante, who's the current interim, um, you know, is not really being considered as a candidate. I mean, they're like he's familiar with the department. But then again, I think maybe they want somebody removed from it on purpose. Um, and once mm-hmm. again, I don't know that he really wants that job. I mean, but in, so within the Latino community, a lot of people feel like, so you're just what, going to pass him over? For all we know, maybe he hasn't expressed the desire to really have the job. And I don't know if it's bad to bring somebody from the outside because that means they're not influenced by anything. They're a fresh set of eyes, and I think that's going to be a key thing that they have to consider in finding the replacement for Gary McCarthy, who, remember, he was on that Harvard board and just kind of went ham on everybody, um, like pretty yeah. much trying to say, well, I, I didn't know, and I saw the video. He sounded ridiculous. I'm like, you saw the video one he time. Sounded, and I'm, like, I'm like, that was the he worst explanation. Done. I'm like, you could have just not oh. said anything. Your best bet was Nothing. just to not say anything because I was like, that was ridiculous. Yeah. If you saw that was a the Laquan video, McDonald video, just yes. one time, that's all you needed to see it. That was it. You didn't need yes. it more than once to know that you needed to reprimand that officer, bottom line. But, and I just, you know, but this, a part of what I think is a huge issue in Chicago and probably police departments around the country is the fact of the brotherhood. It's too strong with police officers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like don't ask, don't tell, sweep things under the rug. And when you get to that kind of mentality with people who are supposed to serve and protect, and then you get people who act like they're above the law, when they're not policing themselves, this is why things have gone so awry, because they allow yes. themselves to get away literally with murder. And that's why, obviously, 
citizens of Chicago have a, a strong concern that we signed a contract with the Fraternal Order of Police that allowed their records pretty much to be, let's say, expunged and wiped away within five years of any infraction. What employer do you know takes your employee record if you've done something bad and says, guess what? In five months or five years, we're going to take that infraction you had, even though you were on probation for it, and we're going to wipe it off your record. No, it's always there. Now, granted, you're not penalized forever, but it's still long-term in your employee record. You know what I mean? So I'm mm-hmm. like, there are some issues that are coming forth that the city has to deal with, and, and the contract they have with the Fraternal Order of Police absolutely has to be revised. So Chicago's in for a lot of bigger arguments coming up, just finding a replacement and then putting a contract in place that maybe just might hold more police officers accountable. And it's interesting about accountability. Yeah. It's a conflict of interest otherwise. You can't. You understand you can't serve and protect and then cover up everything. That's a conflict of interest. You have to do your job, and that needs to be straightened out first and foremost. And that's a hard thing to do because they cover up everything, and they – help each other and they you know and that's like you can't serve and protect if you're going to do that so that needs to be cleaned up first and foremost and i don't know how they're going to do that that bond has to be broken and i don't know if you can break it no you can't because they're always going to have each other's back which means there's mm-hmm. always going to be probably a long-standing distrust within with chicago and its citizens and their police because of how things are done and it's been this way for too long chicago is a very corrupt city and everybody knows yeah. that so it's kind of yeah. like where can we find some, you know, some middle ground because what people feel like is to the point where no policing is being done. So we, we hear the story over the weekend about Zerio Trotter, the 13-year-old boy who was just in a video about nonviolence and gun violence and homicides, and he was so eloquently talking about how he's tired of living in a community where there's all these shootings and there's gun violence and you don't feel safe and why can't it stop? And then he gets shot on Friday. And then, yes, yes. Can you like, believe that? What's the likelihood that you, you're in something like this and then you end up shot? I mean, but that just goes to show you how bad things have gotten here. And, it, and I don't think he was targeted. It was just more of in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I'm like, but the amount is, of shootings that have this, happened. Anywhere weekend, is the wrong it, it place at the wrong time. Yeah, you're right. You know what no, I mean? Right, though, anywhere is the wrong place no, right. at the wrong time. The park. And that's the scary never, part. You know what's interesting is I wouldn't even probably, if I lived in the city, depending upon where I lived, I don't know that I would let my kids actually go outside and play. No, we have to find. No, we have to find some place else for them to go to a whole different park, just for safety reasons. Because we, how many times have we seen shootings at parks? Um, we 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 talked about last week with the Padaya Pinland shooting that finally the shooter is talking about how he didn't want to do it. He was told to do it because he's gang affiliated and he just had to shoot random. They were looking for random gang members. So pretty much they don't even know who they're shooting at. Just because you might be in an area where it's a rival gang, then you are a victim of circumstance. And I'm like, this, this gets back to how can we police differently and how can you keep kids safe? I mean, this poor kid must be like just mortified that I was just talking about how I don't want to die and how violence in my community is rampant. And here it is. I'm shot. And so far it looks like he's going to be okay, but it's just Mm -hmm. heartbreaking to see things getting to this point. And if it isn't enough, that the lives of children in Chicago are being sacrificed, you know, we know that the potential teachers strike, um, with the with Chicago Teachers Union, that one-day strike that was being talked about that Chicago Public Schools sent out the letter um, saying pot- potentially yes. on April 1st that um, yes. Chicago Teachers Union may have a strike and so you need to make alternate plans for your kids. Well, now you get a line that's being drawn in the sand, and Chicago Teachers Union is telling any teacher that refuses to strike with them will be kicked out of the union. 
So you may have a, a teacher who really cares about their students and figures it's my job to educate kids. What does this one-day strike really prove? What does it do? Walking away for one day. What message is that? Right. I'm supposed to go right back to work the next day, which I don't understand that either. Somebody probably I don't has understand it. That makes no sense to me. I don't know what strategy yeah. this is. I don't know what no. brilliant strategic plan this is, but that makes absolutely no sense to me. Because if, if you're shooting to show how disruptive you can be by not coming to work for one day, trust me, everybody knows how disruptive it can be. But what advantage does it really give you as, I guess I could say, we can show, show you what happens when we don't show up. If we don't show up, there is no school, and what do you do with all these kids? Well, it just means that the school system falls apart, ultimately, is what it means. So my thing is, if you're willing to sacrifice the kids for whatever it is they're asking for, and Nikki, to be honest, I don't even know what they're asking for at this point. I just I, I don't just, even know I, what they're asking for either. I don't even know. And one just, day like, when you don't show up, isn't that Martin Luther King Day? You can figure that out, what happens when you don't show up on Martin Luther King Day. What is this about? Like, it's, a, it's plenty of days that we get it. We know what happens if you don't show up. I have no idea what this is supposed to accomplish. This is weird. I, I'm just, they have you know, bigger I'm just fish mortified. to fry. I'm just mortified. That these kids, I, think about this. If I'm a student and I'm, I go to a Chicago public school, which is embattled with poor resources depending on what school you attend, I look at this and I, I say, does anybody really care about us? Does anybody? No. I'm not gonna look I'm not gonna look at this from an adult standpoint of well, they're you know, they're 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 lobbying for more money or benefit whatever the case. I'm not gonna see that as a child. All I can see is nobody cares about me at home. Nobody cares mm-hmm. about me at school. So what cool. does it really yeah. matter what I do? Do we do we even understand what the underlying message is that we're probably sending to these kids repeatedly that nobody really cares? Do we do ever stop That's for one moment? Terrible. That? That's terrible. That is terrible. It, These kids bad. are caught, they're in a crossfire, and I don't. I mean, they are suffering. I mean, the Chicago public schools; those children are in the crossfire. They're suffering. They're being displaced. They have to go to. I mean, it's just a mess, and they want to strike for one day for what? For what? You know, I guess they're already I behind the eight ball. They don't need any more something. nonsense. I don't know. All right, that's some of what's trending. We've got more. We're going to take a break. If you just joined the show, thank you for tuning in. Remember, if you'd like to join the conversation, it's imperative that you hit the one button because that tells me that you have your hand raised and you have something you want to say. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. Facebook accidentally does a global push alert about safety checks. It's interesting, and I kind of think, Nikki, it has a little bit of edge to it. But we'll talk about that when we come back and what's trending. Everybody sit tight. It's Amaya Kai Show Unplugged. Well, the man said, we're going to start it off. We're going to start it off. We're going to start it off. And then he said, we're going to start it off. We're going to start it off. We're going to start it off.
All right. Welcome back to the stretch there. You're tuned into the Maya Kai Show Unplugged featuring comedian Nikki Braden. We're in the What's Trending portion of the show where we talk those headlines and hot topics that may have a local, national, and sometimes international focus. Of course, if you always want to join the conversation, you can. You can call in to 310-807-5211. Of course, if you call in, make sure you hit the one button because it tells me you have something you want to say so I can incorporate what brilliant things you're going to say, as well as the chat room's open and you know where to find us on social media, even though Nikki is still in Twitter school. Now she's been suspended from Twitter school, which I think is hysterical. I'm in Twitter you detention. I'm in Twitter, in Twitter detention. detention. I don't know how it is. Twitter contacts you and says, your Twittering is so not up to par. You need to go to Twitter school. And then you get put yes. in time out, and now you're, like, in detention. Only you yes. could have that happen to you. Only me. I'll tell you. Oh, Only me. Oh, my God. Hey, and, and our show antagonist is back. Sarah, we've missed you. You've yes, been gone yes. for a while. I see you back in the chat room. Good to have you. Say some things I can just say to everybody because, you know, he's just our show antagonist. But anyways, good to see you back. All right. <laughs> I see somebody from the 209 area code is tuned in. Thank you for tuning into the show as well. All right. So some other topics out there that are trending. So Facebook, and I just I kind of – I'm on the fence on this because I don't know that I think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it freaked a bunch of people out. So Facebook – is trying to, I guess, be all over the place in regards to being very tech-savvy. And what I don't think people mm-hmm. realize is that, okay, you know how you can have your location set on your phone? And yes. they sent out a mass push, like a, a push, a safety alert, because there were people that, for some reason, their phones had checked them in as if they were in Pakistan. And, you know, obviously, mm. unfortunately, we had a recent bombing in Pakistan. Right. And what Facebook does, because it thought based on the location – that these people were in Pakistan, it sends an alert to people's phones, and it said, are you okay? It looks like you're in an area affected by the explosion in Lahore, Pakistan. Let friends know that you're okay. Now, what I think is interesting about this, even though I don't know why location-wise, these people, it happened in the U.S. and in some countries in Europe, and it was totally a glitch. Now, I don't know how these people were listed. They weren't there, but it was asking if they were safe. And it was people were making jokes like, yeah, I'm safe, dude, I'm in Brooklyn. But what I think is interesting, Nikki, <laughs> people were, like, going nuts on Facebook. They were like, what, what do you mean? But though it might have been a glitch, what I think is interesting about this is in a lot of circumstances where you have things like bombings or mass shootings, one of the things that becomes a panic for people is not knowing where their loved ones knowing, are. Yes. So imagine, I know this seems like it's overstepping boundaries, but imagine this could be the difference of someone. Imagine if you were in a place and you weren't safe and you needed help. That could be something that could be amazing. So even though it seems like mm-hmm. and it was a glitch and it was, people laughed at it, I was like, I remember being in Iowa when there was a school shooting and it was before cell phones were a big deal and phone lines yes. were jammed and people could not My. find a kid. And all you knew is that there was a school shooting and that there were 12 people that were, had been shot and killed. And people were freaking out because they were talking about it happened in one lecture hall and the shooter walked several yeah. blocks to another building into an office and shot people. And people were like, oh, my God, where's my kid? And people could not get through to their kids. And the reason I think this is interesting, and it, it maybe seems a little irresponsible, but it could be the difference maker in allowing people to know that you're okay if you happen to be abroad. I don't think it's a bad yeah. thing. What do you think? I don't I don't think it's a bad thing either. And I remember when that school shouldn't happen when I by the time I got home my answer machine I was like, What is everybody free I was like, I was in the mall. Why is everybody freaking out? I didn't know what was going on. But I also remember when nine eleven happened, my sister was in New York and that was the worst 
feeling ever because it's like how do you know I'm like was she around there like what you know and then my cousin actually was in the building she worked in that building so we have family there and just the trying her she said she had to walk to like Brooklyn she's like people just walking like for miles and miles and miles so by the time she was able to get a hold of everybody everybody was like panicked so I think this is a good thing I want them to fix the glitch I don't want you to freak anybody out like you're in Pakistan like fix the glitch but you know if it works I think it's a good thing if it actually actually, works how it's supposed to what it didn't do was it didn't do the push notification to people who like your friends or anybody it was specifically you based on your look based on your location marker so and it just always said is are you okay it looks like you're in an area and here's the thing let's just say you were in that area but didn't know something had happened then all of a sudden now you've just been educated about something that is happening right now even though some people may feel like facebook is over kind of stepping their boundaries in a way it might be one of the most positive ways i I could see social media being used to help people to be able to connect and say yes though i am you know abroad in this country everybody i'm okay Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. I, I see some benefit to this. They just got to figure out what the glitch was. And I remember there was actually, I was listening to the radio, and it happened to a, a DJ on a station I was listening to. She's like, okay, something really funny just happened to me. And she goes, but what she said was that her daughter was playing with her phone, and she thinks she manipulated something in her phone that changed her location. So she thought it hmm. wasn't just there. There were people like, no, I said, actually, location-wise, if it's off, it may not know where you are. But people were kind of making jokes about it, but... I honestly see some value to this, given the current climate that we live in. The fact that people would just kind of go awry and kind of go ham on it. I'm like, okay, but do you see the value of this? It's called a safety. Sure. It's no different. This is no different than when somebody calls 911 and says, I was just talking to a friend who made a comment, or I saw a friend post on Facebook they want to hurt themselves, um, and they're not answering their phone. Could you go do a safety check? It's really no different, mm-hmm. except it's just an automated version of, of somebody doing a wellness check to make sure that you're okay. Now, don't extend it beyond this. This is not this. a don't bad thing. It. I don't know why this, all the nonsense that's on Facebook, and this is what you want to complain about. I'm like, it's not a bad thing. It's a whole lot more you complain about on Facebook I'll tell you what, than a wellness just, check. But all, I don't, all I want is this, though. Don't roll this in until you start doing wellness checks on Facebook. So what I don't want to see is all of a sudden you're looking for verbiage on people's page and you see somebody saying something that seems inappropriate, and they'll start popping up like, hey, are you okay? I read that you said that you hate the world and you want to die. Don't start doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, then also, you don't need that. People are already Facebook and social media sensitive in ways I think oh, they don't gosh. need to be. So let's, let's not give them a reason to get even more entrenched than they are. Just stop it right here. To stop it with, you know, you know, disasters, you know, natural disasters sure. or things like this. Mm-hmm. Leave it at this level and don't go any lower than this. Because if you give people any more That's attention, it. they're gonna they're gonna exploit it seriously. Then people will start saying things that aren't true, and then it turns into this huge fiasco. Right. So That's trending, and people were like just totally going in on Facebook. Facebook, I kind of like what you did. You were looking out for people in a yeah. way that I think is not a bad thing. All right, something else that's out there trending. Gosh, so last week we saw what happened in Brussels. Which, uh-huh. once again, it just gets back to there is no safe haven anywhere. And then less than, what, X amount of days after that, now you have the bombing that happened in Pakistan and Taliban Pakistan. taking responsibility, responsibility for that as well. And it was interesting because you remember the hot controversy. We didn't do the show Friday. We decided we'd take a spring break day. Um, President yes. Obama was extremely scrutinized for, you know, he was doing his Latin American tour, the first stop in Cuba. Um, and then he mm-hmm. was in Argentina, actually, when the bombing happened in Brussels, doing his diplomatic thing. And people got mad because he was doing the tango. And I thought, 
how is the most important individual in the free world doing the tango? And I was like, very Good. easy. It was tango time. <laughs> it was tango time. <laughs> tango time. But what I thought was annoying about that, Nikki, seriously, was he was on a diplomatic trip. And understand, we don't necessarily have really good relationships with Argentina and Venezuela. We're trying to work on those relationships. So this wasn't like right. he was on vacation and was doing the thing. Right. This was a diplomatic right. relationship-building trip. So I had no – now, if he Correct. was on vacation, then I might say, I don't know if you need to be tangoing when you're on vacation. <laughs> you need to cut that short maybe. But I get right. this was diplomatic. So for people to decide they wanted to grill him for it, and then what I thought was sad is then less than what we were talking three to four days later – there's another bombing. So what I think is interesting and I would ask people is, do you think every time, and understand this, it's not okay what we're seeing, but the world can't stop turning every time we have a terrorist attack. Exactly. We've got to figure out, we exactly. gotta figure out how we're going to deal with this. I, I'll say that. Absolutely. But I don't know why there's this mindset. President of the United States has to stop everything he's doing. That means he would have stopped himself one day, four days later. Mm-hmm. He has to address it. Now, if he doesn't address it, then I think – that's that's a fair thing to be angry about. But if he's on a diplomatic trip, I don't see why people should have an issue with him doing what – him being a guest of that country. And what was he going to say? I'm sorry, I can't tangle because there was a bombing in Brussels and it would look so disrespectful. And they would be like, what? I mean, really? Like, that's I disrespectful. People- I mean, it's networking. It's what you do. It's a part of the job. And when you go and you're trying to be diplomatic and you're trying to fix relations, when in Rome, you do as Romans do. You can't go over there. What's the point of going over there if you're going to shun the culture you. and not take a part of that? So I don't understand why I'm everybody is upset. I'm going to tell you what it was. He looked sly doing it. He did. He was, his move, he was looking He smoking. did. He was looking smooth. And I he think was suave. He was again, gliding. There he is, nailing it. See what I mean? I think people <laughs> yeah. just got mad because he didn't look like he had two left feet, you know? No, he was, he was like Fred Astaire. He was like was. gliding. I was like, look at him. He was gliding. <laughs> That's what it was. He was gliding. Yeah, like, not, only, not only is he tangoing, he looks good doing it. Yeah. Damn him. Oh, my God. But interesting enough, so the, the, the trip to Cuba was historic. We talked about it. I loved how Malia mm-hmm. was his translator, what it was Trans- yeah. in a social setting. I, I love that. So finally, Fidel Castro, who, by the way, did not actually meet with President Obama when he came there, which I was a little disappointed in that because I felt like mm-hmm. that was a part of the trip that really should have happened. So he finally decided to pen a 1,500-word letter that stated, you know, kind of his thoughts on the trip, and he addressed, he said, Brother Obama, which I was like, okay. Now, mind you, Obama did meet with um, his brother Raul, who is the current president, but he didn't meet with Fidel Castro, which I didn't quite understand why that meeting didn't take place. But interesting enough, in the three-day trip, kind of what he said, um, I I don't think anybody can have the mindset that we can just bury the relationship that happened as a result of the Cold War. I mean, we had an embargo on Cuba for a very long time. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is a difficult relationship to begin to rebuild. So I don't think you can right. ever have the mindset of we're putting this to bed. No, we're not putting it to bed. It's a chapter of the history that we should know better that we don't get to just close the door on it. Erase, it's, it's right. There, Correct. It's, it's never going to go away. And all you can say is right. we want to do things differently moving forward. We obviously can't change the past. And I think kind of what ruffled Fidel Castro's feathers is that President Obama kind of said, you know, he was going to Cuba to put that relationship to bed. No, that's one thing I will say that that isn't how you can look at that. And he pretty much said in a very strong way, though, that they do not want America's help. They don't want any hand-me-outs. They don't want to feel that you have to swoop in here and save us because we are who we are, and that's not going to change. And I think that's interesting. And I told somebody this. I don't have a problem with Cuba deciding 
they want to ease into this because one thing I will say, oh, and the whole concept of forcing democracy, I said we know that democracy is a farce here. So why are we acting like Correct. it works? Because there's plenty of people here who tell you democracy really doesn't work, and we see it on a daily basis. We are a capitalistic mm-hmm. society. And what that we means are. is there are people chomping at the bit to get their hands on Cuba is what that's mm-hmm. about. And what Fidel Castro ultimately said is, I know what you're trying to do, and I'm not falling for the okie doke. That's pretty much what he said. Like, mm-mm. We know you're waiting to rush in here and just you know, bombard us. Dollar size. That is money. Yep. That is dollar he, size. Look, that's all we're doing. That is to ching, to ching, to ching. He knows it. Old as dirt. <laughs> he knows it. He was he was sensitive enough to say his was not about to happen over here. Yes. And I was like, okay, Fidel, I'm not mad. I I look. I say it all the time. You must, when you decide you're opening your borders for the first time, do it with caution. Because you can turn mm-hmm. into all the other countries that you see in the West Indies, where yes. you see these fantastic resorts and it's very luxurious, Resort. and you Cha-ching. reach those areas, and those, and those people live in poverty. So I yes. get his point. If they're already in poverty, he's like, it's going to stay exactly the way it is, and you're not going <laughs> to rush in here and change nothing. I was like, okay, because I, I get it. I mean, people often go on vacation to the Caribbean, and they never step outside to see what's really going on. So no. a lot of those countries are borderline third-world countries. I'm serious. I was like, yes. Why is trash over in the back, and what do you mean there's no garbage? Okay. I mean, I was just okay. like, wow. <laughs> I, when I went to the Cayman Islands, we went on, like, the other side. I was like, what is this? Like, we t- we went to, and I'm like, literally, what is this? It was like a goat and ten huts, and I'm like, this is deplorable. But on the other side, it was gorgeous. But then you just went around the island, and I'm like, this is terrible. This is why this is in the back, because it is an alley back here. It is terrible. But the front of it was absolutely gorgeous, so I get it. And people will set up resorts, and it will be phenomenal, and then everybody lives in poverty. It's ter- I, I'm not mad at Cuba either, because that is a I'm big either. dollar they, sign. They have, to, they, they have to be mindful, because people are chomping at the bit to exploit them. Yeah. And I just hope they realize that, like, first of all, Americans, I myself, I'm clamoring to get there. I can't wait to go. But it's more yeah. of a cultural experience. I mean, I don't have to live sure. in a lap of luxury when I get there. I just, it's something, it's almost like a I hidden do. jewel for what, it's, for what it's worth. I do. Like, I know you do. I mean, I, I, I can get down with the natives. I'm all right with that. I don't have to, like, be, like, I don't have to live, like, ultra lush when I'm there. Um, I'm also not trying to, like, be in the shack in the back either. But, you know, I'm, I'm open-minded about that kind of stuff. And being open-minded I told you this last week, and it's finally gotten worse, where, <laughs> oh, my God, Secretary of State John Kerry was on CBS this morning, and he put <laughs> on record saying, okay, this debauchery, which is called the GOP election, is causing some major global issues. Countries are starting to wonder if we're okay over here because they're asking if this whole election thing, they're asking if it's a reality show. <laughs> This is so funny to me. They're asking if the United States is okay mentally. If we're okay mentally. They're actually like, are y'all okay over there? (laughs) Do we need to send in help? He was recently like, are y'all okay? Every leader he met was like, "Um, is everything okay over there? Because it looks like a reality (laughs) show to the rest of the world. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously. We're mentally unstable. People think we're mentally unstable now. The United States is mentally unstable. Are y'all okay? That is hilarious. Said, literally. He said the degree of questions that keep coming at him, he's like, it is really embarrassing from a global standpoint. We are supposed to be the most powerful and influential country, and people are questioning yes. if we're okay. I'm like, well, yeah. Yes. I, I'm asking if, if everything's okay. I'm, Between I'm questioning Cruz, 
and Trump having bitter arguments about each other's wives. I'm like, what? This is yeah. like a reality show. They have allowed Donald Trump to take who he lost his show, The Apprentice, and he is now taking it to on the road. He yes. is now on the road. Yes. I'm like, yes. I was like the whole wife thing. I was like, are you kidding me? This is the most shameful thing ever seen. And it is, I, it is embarrassing. It is so embarrassing. embarrassing. I'm like, what are we doing? I would ask if we were okay, too. This is embarrassing. This is insane. I'll tell you something. I figured out a long time ago, the rest of Europe doesn't think we're okay to begin with. They don't think we're okay. No. They think we are snobby, no. spoiled brats. Yes. Um, that technically we are the we're the youngest kid in the family, but somehow we end up being the richest kid in the family. But when it's all really said and done, we really don't own a darn thing because we're owned by Saudis and China and other people. We got problems right. over here, dude. We really do. We we have major problems that most people don't even know don't know how our economy works, and they don't understand the stakeholders that other countries have in this country that could do major damage. Seriously. And I think mm-hmm. they're asking because, like, um, we got some investments over there, and if you let this clown get in there and start doing some stuff, oh we're going to have problems. And that's why they're saying, are you all right? Is everything okay? Right. We have to figure out to start moving our money now and just tank out, and you guys can really see what you don't have. It's sad, and it's really embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's it is so show. embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Oh, I don't know. And I, I so Carrie's like, why do I have to explain this circus? Stop asking me. Right. I have to explain this circus to everybody. This Look, is unfair. I'm, I'm not in the clown car, okay? I tried right. to find the wheels a long time ago. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. Right. It really is. But, hey, that, hence, that is America. We have become the most embarrassing nation in the world. <laughs> and it's all based on a presidential candidate race. Are you kidding me? I'm going to tell you something. I mean, when I say if Donald Trump even manages to become president, which I still say it's not possible, but anything is probable. I don't think it's possible. When I tell you I'm leaving, I'm going to Canada, and if they refuse to accept me as a Canada is like turnabout. Canada is like turnabout. We are not having it. I am joining the damn Peace Corps. (laughs) I'm out this peace. I'm done. I'm I'm out. I'm out until he's out. I can't. I'm not staying here. Because this is just, if you think it's bad now, Imagine if that man gets in office, how bad it will be. be oh he has no God, policy. Right. He doesn't know what to do. He only can build hotels. When it comes to foreign policy and all this stuff, he has absolutely no clue. And that, he actually and that, thinks yes. he doesn't even know how government works. He actually thinks that he can tell his henchmen, and his henchmen will do what he says. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Did you not miss Schoolhouse Rock? Did you not see that? That's not how it works. He's like, I'm not working with the I'm Senate. Just I'm not. Do- He's just going. Okay, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you're going to skip that. He's going to skip that. He's not doing any of that. He said he's just going to tell yeah. somebody, and they're going to do what he says. And I'm like, you're well, that's nuts. Problem. You're so absolutely okay, not. Let me, let, me just, let me just tell you this, if you've never considered this, people who are listening. And I'm serious when I say this. If you think there's been a hiccup with President Obama being in office, and it's been a hiccup. God. His, his most successful part was his first term. After that, it's been nothing but an uphill battle. It didn't matter what was good for the American people. It was like we sure. just don't want him to have a successful presidency, not to mention right. he inherits the country in an awful position to begin with. Let me tell you mm-hmm. this. If you thought nothing got accomplished under his presidency, if Donald Trump somehow manages to become <laughs> president, which I don't know how, that would be uh. like a viral war, for real. If he manages to become president, we will not see progress for four more years. You know why? Because his own party doesn't like him, and Democrats right. don't support him. And we're going to be right back to four years. I'm going to tell you, we're going to everything. Whatever Obama did do, whatever he did accomplish, is going to turn right back around, and we're going to be right back where we started when he got in office. 
Everything is for not. What, what that man did for you. eight years will be for not. It's gonna. He's gonna if, totally ruin if, whatever he accomplished. If you happen to be a Trump supporter, and there are people out there, and the only thing he's ever said, and I will agree with this, and this is a known fact, under the Clinton administration, there was this really bad idea with NATO to restructure the free trade agreement that allowed corporations pretty much to bail off U.S. soil, but to come back and not be taxed. I have an issue with that. So you go to countries yeah. where you can pay people well below minimum wage to create products sure. to bring it back to sell to us at a high price. I do. I, I right. have no idea whoever thought that was a good idea, and Donald Trump is willing to address that. But here's my thing. Anybody elected can, can fix that debacle of the sure. free trade agreement. It isn't just right. him. So that does need to be fixed because companies should not get just a bail but want to come back and have us overpay for something, but you've taken jobs from America. You want steel bales from here. We had major corporations. You leave U.S. soil, and hence mm-hmm. our economy began to spiral. So, I mean, I get some, and that's the only wise thing the man has ever said. But I've heard some harebrained things people say about Donald Trump, and I'm like, um, that's the only thing he's ever said. Um, Mexico is going to build a wall, and they're going to pay for it. Really? Okay. Whatever. I get we need to deal with immigration, but your rhetoric is wrong. Yes, immigration needs to be dealt with the proper way, but your rhetoric is wrong. And you insulted an entire group of people. And people try to act like he didn't say it. I'm like, yes, he did say it. He did say it. He, he talked did, about he Mexican people did. like they were all criminals. I'm like, that's, what's, what's wrong with you? That's not a whole group of people. He, I mean, he, I just, his solution is just to build things. He's so used to building things. He thinks he can just build a wall. A fort. You can't build a fort and solve everything, you idiot. He just wants well, to he build forts he thinks, around the United States, he, and he thinks that, and then that the problem is solved. He's a wacko. Men and big towers. I'm telling you, it's a dangerous, it's a very dangerous proposition when we're looking at All right, everybody, that is what's trending. We're going to move over to point of view, and we have two very interesting topics on tap. So – the nice. first one we're going to jump into. And I really don't know how I, I feel about this, but recently on For Pete's Sake, which is Holly Robinson, Pete, and her husband um, with their family, mm-hmm. they have a discussion with their son who happens to have autism about being safe. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, is that, is that what people need to tell their kids? So you tell me what you think. Is that what you would tell your kid if you really thought they were in danger? And his situation is unique because he is autistic, and you can tell in him talking right. That it's an interesting situation, and they really are concerned for his safety because he doesn't sure. seem to have the wherewithal to understand situations that he can be involved in that can be dangerous. And then we'll talk about lead vocalist from Kiss, Gene Simmons. Yes. He's like, put the kibosh on this hip-hop and all this other hot garbage because it's not music. And I'm going to say something. I don't know that I disagree with what he said, but that's all a matter of perspective. Sit tight. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's the Maya Akai Show on Plug featuring Take my advice. 
Kai Show Unplugged, featuring comedian Nikki Brayton, wrapping up this first hour with Point of View. Everybody has one. You're always welcome to join the conversation. Got something to say? You're tuned in? You can weigh in. 310-807-5211. The chat room is open, and you know where to find us on social it's media. On fire. Says, well, <laughs> I'm on Facebook on and Twitter at the... At the Maya Kaiso, <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. Nikki is in Twitter detention, but you can find her where? <laughs> uh, Nikki Brayton on Facebook and Twitter. The Nikki Brayton on Instagram. I'm, I'm shut down. I'm actually on Twitter punishment, but I'm going to fix it. I'm going to rectify it, and I'll be back. So you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and the Nikki Brayton on Instagram, and the chat room is on fire. Come on in here. I never, I never even knew you could be put in detention on Twitter. That just means you just really – Oh, my God. Terrible. You're the first person I've heard. The first, they gave you a pink slip like, get it together, and then told you you needed to go to Twitter <laughs> school, and then told you, okay, they this did. is not working. Okay, you're the first person that has a Twitter infraction like that. Really? That's, that's Only crazy. me. Right. Only me. 
point of view, everybody has one, and this is one where I just yes, don't know how I feel about this. We know there's a current climate, obviously, in this country where it can be difficult if you happen to have children of color and they have interactions with the police. We've seen things not go favorable. We like to believe that every interaction may not end in a bad way, but I think for some parents, they have to decide if they should tell their sons and sometimes their daughters how to deal mm-hmm. when they have any kind of encounter with the police. So Holly Robinson, Pete, and her husband and kids have a reality show um, called For Pete's yes. Sake, and they have a son who's actually a twin, and mm-hmm. um, he, he has autism, and they're really mm-hmm. concerned because he's older now, he's out and about, he's 18. And they're concerned that he doesn't quite have an understanding of dealing with a lot of social situations, which is not uncommon with people that are on the autistic spectrum. So they sat down to talk with him, hoping to kind of train him how to deal with if he has encounters with the police. And this is what they said to him, and I'll be curious, is this right or is it wrong? Tell me what you think about it. Take a listen. These two might have been born at the same time, and they might have shared a womb, but... They're so different. Haven't we had this conversation before? Yeah, we had it a billion times. Okay, so what would happen if the cops pulled you over and they said, you know, put your hands up, freeze, what would you do? I have to do everything. I say yes, sir, and no, sir. Okay, that's good. Now, what would happen if you got scared? What would you do? I would call my mommy. No, because then you'd have to reach into your pocket and get your phone, and that would be a problem because... They will shoot you? Well, it's not quite. It's a little more complicated than that. And it's not just black kids, but it happens sometimes more often to black kids. Unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with the color of your skin. You have to be extra careful. You do not reach into your pocket. You do not make any sudden movements. Everything you do has to be slow. You just have to do whatever they say. Okay. Okay? What's the word? Comply. Let me hear you say it. Comply. Okay. Put your hands up and say yes, sir, and no, sir. Okay. Good. I really wish we didn't have to have these conversations with him, I would, but we have to have them with all of our sons, with all of our kids, but with RJ. There's an innocence about him we don't want to see destroyed, but we have to keep it real with him on a daily basis in order to keep him safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all you have to do is text us. I'm hello. going to the pet store. Boom, boom, boom. Easy. Deal? All right. Can we get sushi later on today? You want some sushi? Yeah. All right. Come on. Let's go. All right. So that was a clip from from Pete's sake, and they were talking to their son, RJ, who's 18. He's a twin, but he has autism. Mm -hmm. You can tell by the way he talks. He's, I mean, he's probably very high on the spectrum because he doesn't have the, I would say, mental faculties of of an 18-year-old boy. He honestly seems more like he's probably like 12 and how he responded to things. And I think in their case, there's legitimate concern that he could be someplace. And we've seen, first of all, people with mental health issues often get into bad situations with police officers, and a lot of police officers aren't even trained on how to deal with people who have issues like that. Correct. So mm-hmm. him not being compliant could be something that could be life-threatening for him. But at the same time, to hear him be like, yes, so, no, sir, I was like, oh, my God, did you say massa? No, this I didn't infuriates in my, me. In my mind. And it kind of bothers me that it's like you me. feel like you have to demean yourself Yes. During a stop, and I have to fear yes. that because if I reach over to get my, my wallet or my, my insurance card, that that could be a risk yes. for me. That bothers me. I'm like, there's, there's a conversation we need to have that you just shouldn't feel like you're in danger because you're doing what you're supposed to do, like put your hands on the steering wheel. Really? Like, 
that makes me feel like a criminal, and I'm not a criminal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, it, it's sad that we have to have these conversations, and I, I dread the day, and I, I really, really hope, and I have, like, another eight years before I have to have this conversation, but I hope the relations between citizens and the police have turned around so I don't have to. But that is something that you really have to to tell your children, especially when you live in certain areas and you have a car and it's like, where are you going and what are you doing here? And then you have to tell, and I don't want to tell my child to demean itself. Like that, I'm like, you really have to don't say anything. Don't look straight ahead. Don't be like, I mean, you have to do all of this and it just feels like it's 1950 and Jim Crow. Like, what are you looking at, gal? Nothing. Like, I hate this. This infuriates me. And this I'm going to tell you, not it's me. this is how, I'm going to tell you how much of a reality this really is. I know someone who actually adopted two black twin boys and they're white. And mm-hmm. we had a really candid conversation and I didn't even mention it. And he actually said to me, And right now there's six. And he said, one of the things that I'm really uncomfortable about and I hate that I ever have to talk to him about, and actually they they were adopted through um, foster care. They were foster parents first, and they're adopting them now. Mm -hmm. So they still have a relationship like with the birth mother and the family, but they're not returning to the home. And there are some behavioral issues, and he knows it. And he's like, the thing that I dread and I don't know what to say and it makes me sad He's like, I one day have to tell them that they're not, though we're different, there are some things that are clearly different from them, and it's not fair. Like, he, he totally got it. He was like, I have to look them in the face and tell them because they're not white, the world is not going to treat them the same way. He goes, that bothers me. I'm like, well, you do that when you decided to adopt them, unfortunately. I said, but it, you better tell them <laughs> because you, you can't put them, you can't hide them away from the world. And based on the relationship no. he has with the, with, their, with the family who's still involved with them, they work real hard to be disruptive with these two boys. I said, so you're going to have to have some hard conversations because if you don't, yeah. you are setting them up for failure. And I said, yeah. I don't, and he's not that person. I said, but I hope you realize when you decided that you wanted to adopt these two boys, this came with the territory. Something Whatever came with decide, it. Yes, something comes with that. Yes. It, yeah. Something you, comes you know with they that. Have behavioral. Um, they have behavioral issues. I mean, so not only did you decide to adopt kids who needed a home, you're taking in kids that really come with challenging issues that, I'm like, you know, you're probably going to be uphill battle in school until you walk in the door. And they live in an area that really is predominantly white. And I was like, please make sure you immerse them in some form of culture. <laughs> like, because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot going on. I said, and you have to know when you decide to do this, you're taking a whole nother set of issues with these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. but even he, he said it on his own accord. I know that there's going to be issues for them. And I actually then shared with him, do you remember about two or three months ago, we talked about the story that was on Yahoo Parents about a family in California who adopted two black boys and how they had yes. to sit down and tell them stuff like, you might be playing with yes. kids. And unfortunately, you might run to the backyard, and that might be a problem. The backyard is someone who doesn't yes. know you. Because of what you look like, mm-hmm. someone may misinterpret you. Running. And, and lady, remember how she said how that broke her heart? She can't be like, she's a son who's only a couple years older, and even though they're best friends and they love each other, but it's a clear difference in how she had to tell him that. And I was like, that, yeah. but that's reality. And there's those, those, those stereotypes and those stigmas exist. And if we act like they don't, I, right now we're in a climate in society where we might be putting young black boys at risk. Seriously. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Like, it's very volatile. I'm, 
It's very, very I'm volatile. Glad I um, but I feel bad for them because I could see their, their concern about RJ because he really is not. He doesn't have the mental faculties to, to understand, honestly, why they're telling him it. He's just doing what he's told. But I don't think he really got why they were telling him that. You have to, the video's on my, on my Facebook page. He's just, he was disconnected, like, okay, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. And I'm sometimes gonna, yes. I think he's, he's trying to be funny, and he's not trying to be funny. You, exactly. You, don't, you understand what I mean? I, I'm, I'm trying to recall the story. Do you remember the story we, we did, like, a while back? And I think, I, I'm not sure if this person had Down syndrome, but some of the police pulled him over, and they tased him because he had a bag, yes. like one of those, you know what I mean? And, the, and I'm like, uh, you right, are yeah, supposed yeah. to know better than this. You understand what I mean? And so I understand their fear because the cops might think he's being facetious or he's, you know what I mean? And he just doesn't get it. Right. And I'm like, and if for some reason they don't have the trainer or the wherewithal to say, okay, maybe this kid is a little different and let's work with him. And this, they, the first thing they want to do is tase and shoot people. And that's absolutely infuriating. Yeah. Let's hope they can, re- let's hope they can re- stick with the tasing. At least you might live through that. All right, our final story on point of view. So Gene Simmons, as we all know, is the lead singer of KISS. Um, yeah. He's always been a very he's always been a very vocal person on his stance on music, and he's always he has a strong disdain for rap music. And he recently did an interview with Rolling Stone, <laughs> Rolling Stone magazine, and he said, um, "I hate it." Um, he was like, <laughs> and he actually predicted he's like, "Rap will die." He's like, "In about ten years." I hope it does. I hope it does. What I thought was interesting. You know, and Gene Simmons is only 66. I mean, he's definitely seen some different, you know, and this is all coming on the 40th anniversary of their of their album, Destroyer. This is why he was doing the interview with Rolling Stone. But, you know, but the thing is, he went hard on other stuff, too. He actually said, you know, rock is dead as well. He, like, talked about Nirvana and Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam and said they're, like, long in the tooth. I'm like, look, you're going to back wow. off three bands right there. I'm like, now I, just think, now I think you're being jealous. Now, because first of all, Kurt Cobain can't even come back and say nothing. He That's had the nerve to call somebody long in the tooth. Really? <laughs> Did he, he really have Eddie the Vedder. audacity? He was talking about Eddie Vedder. That's what he was talking about. So he kind of went on, on rock, too. But he was like, well, this is what he said. And I'm like, okay, this might be some honesty to this. And if this is how he feels, I'm like, okay, because I really am disgusted with, with rap itself. But what he oh said my is, gosh. I, I don't have the cultural background to appreciate being gangster. Of course. That's I don't have a cultural about. background but either. That's where it comes from. The heart and soul of it, it comes from the streets. That's what he said. And I was like, well, first of all, rap, you're taking a, a general term because there's genres within rap. There's hip hop, you know, there's, you know, it's not just all sure. gangster, it, it, it's a variety. For instance, you've got people who are very sentimental about Tribe Called Quest. We saw that when Five Dog just died. Oh, my I mean, God. Everybody, that's why everybody's sad. It's like the rap music is yeah. dying in, in the real MCs, too. This yeah. is ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. So you can't, put a, you can't put all of rap, hip-hop, under one umbrella. I get everybody wants gangster rap to go away. And by the way, we talked about this, like, last week. Um, I was listening to a station, and somebody made the recommendation that I Google Slim Jesus. Hey, everybody, I want to do this to you because somebody did it to me. I almost threw my phone out the window, okay? I was driving, and the window was out, and I almost tossed it out the window. I'm serious. I want you to Google Slim Jesus, okay? I want other people to be shocked the way I was. I was like, oh, my God, Nikki, I almost threw my phone out the window. So Slim Jesus is a drill music artist. Now, mind you, like I said in rap, there's all these different variations. There's trap music. By the way, it's I don't trap. know what I'm talking it's, about. It's all the same I'm, nonsense. At this point, okay. we can just all look he, it together and call it nonsense. He is, look, here's the thing. He is a drill, I guess, MC, whatever, what called drill music. 
I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of talking, giving facts. I don't know much about it. I'm just telling you what it said. <laughs> I want, if you're listening to this show, please do me a favor, and then I want you to respond to this. I want you to Google Slim Jesus. I'm not going to tell you why I want you to Google it, because I want to know if you go throw your, your phone out the window, too, because I almost threw my iPhone 6 out the window. I was so mortified. <laughs> but I get it. It's stuff like, and I mean, I was insulted. I was like, get out of here with this. And I almost like called the person who recommended, like, don't you ever. You said that to thousands of people, and they probably almost fell out. Listen, like, oh, my God, this is an insult. I was like, wow. I'll be honest. I'm not saying rap needs to die, but gangster rap is no, all too hard. All these other genres, it's just not good for kids. It sends all the wrong messages. It disrespects women. It's just lost the essence of what it is. So I get them. I'm not. I'm not a big fan I of I can't even understand it. I really can't even understand. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was like a clip on Facebook. No, I'm not kidding. And it was. I don't even know who this was. Slim Thug okay. or Young. I don't know who this person was. But he was rapping over Tupac like this beat, and he's like, <laughs> I got eleven cars. You still got one. I, I've been the man. You still ain't here. Wait, no, never mind. I gotta. I'm like, what are you talking about? It is so out my scope. This is when I feel old. There is a whole nother language in some of these songs. I'm like, and I'm with you. I'm like, what did they yeah. just say? And I'm like, is that, in- is that English? I was like, Cause what is that? I don't even I know what it is. Like, I don't even know I what they're talking to, about. They're not even I, saying anything I actually, anymore. I actually had to go to Urban Dictionary to start to learn with some of this stuff what trouble was. butter was I'm, and I'm, <laughs> okay and i wish i had never once again if you want to be traumatized on monday go google go to urban dictionary and look up trouble you butter trouble you can be traumatized t- twice in one day okay and you'll be mad at me like maya don't you ever do that ever again I oh my god urban dictionary. you screamed like, it was hilarious i was like you know i was like oh you were like oh you like scream oh, you clutch like, your pearls like, and scream was, like oh yeah, I did. I did. I was so disgusted. Oh, it looks like I have piqued the interest of somebody who called it. Oh, he Googled Slim Jesus. I know he did. Whoever he did. did it. And, and he's about to give me or she. And they're mad at you. Yes. And they're yep, mad at you. Let's go to the phone line. <laughs> Welcome to the Maya Kai Show Unplugged featuring comedian Nikki Raiden from the 209. What would you like to share? Hello, this is uh, Fred from Cali. Hi, well, Fred from Cali. Hi, Fred. Yeah. Hello, how are you? I'm already uh, Slim Jesus. Um, when you uh, mentioned that, I heard of this dude um, a couple uh, <laughs> weeks ago. When you, as soon as you said Slim Jesus, I'm just like, no, you did. I'm killed. Were you mortified when you, when you found out who Slim Jesus was, and did you listen to it? Uh, no, I didn't even want to listen to it because here's the thing. When uh, I see that image, because um, I already know who he was. I saw him through Black TV. So, um, oh, real oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> slim Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Not a good, it's not a good look. Um, he is the antithesis. I'm serious. Slim Jesus is a slim white boy who is rapping. Yeah. And what he, what he mm-hmm. embodies is everything that's wrong with rap. He picked up everything that's wrong and he totally yes. puts it into a song. And I was like, is this what he really believes good music is? But he's bought into the, all the hot garbage that's out there. So, okay, somebody knows Slim Jesus. <laughs> All right, but, Fred, yeah, thank you for uh, I look at him as a caricature of uh, of all the all so-called thugs that, you know, everything he embodies, everything that I hate in a stereotypical black 
black man, I guess you can say, whatever. Yes, yes, but, yes. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm the complete opposite. I'm from the suburbs, so I'm like, uh, I want to get away from that sack of my pants and all this shit. So when I see him embody that, I steer clear away from him. I'm just like, I hate you for even trying to glorify and make it positive. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> you can have that and yeah. throw it away. And I hate, I hate what, uh, what the record labels have allowed to be filtered through mm-hmm. rap music and names. So I'm like, Y'all can have the commercial hip-hop, take it, own it, but at least make it known that we do not condone it. Stop making it look like we like it. Unfortunately, too many of us do. Exactly. Do you think, I don't think, I think we're too far gone. I don't think we can turn it around. I don't think we can ever have like a Tribe Called Quest or anything like that come back now. I think we're so far gone and this can never turn around. So it must die. It has to die because we can't continue on like this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Fred. Oh, thank you, thank you, Fred. I appreciate it, dude. I'm telling you, if you didn't Google it, I want to put you in shock. Google it, and he's right. It's everything that is wrong, and the fact that this mm-hmm. young man believes this is what's acceptable and normal. Oh, it's I almost broke my phone. It's already broke to begin with, and then I was about to lose it. I had insurance. I should have just threw out the window anyways, because I was mortified with that. <laughs> Look, if you're if you're going to be a white artist and you want to get into rap, then you you need to follow certain markers. So, get Eminem. You know, yeah. um, hey, if you even want to be fun with it, you know, you can be Bubba Sparks and do new booty. I'm fine with that, too. But what you don't get to do is that. What you don't get to do is this, Slim you Jesus. Step, you can be stepping this in the This is just wrong you know, arena. You don't get this wrong arena. It's wrong like, arena. Right, he just made a one it's, big wrong arena uh, sandwich. <laughs> he, did. he did. Wrong. He did. And somebody, needs, and somebody, and I'm not one to advocate violence, but somebody needs to punch him dead smack in his mouth. Because I was like, <laughs> Oh, my God, between that and truffle butter. I was like, you know what, I'm too old for this. I'm getting too old for this stuff. My age is really starting to show. I'm, 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 I'm trying to easy <laughs> listening. <laughs> easy okay, listening. yes. Oh, my God, I'm getting into, like, you know, like mood music and stuff. Because I'm just feeling yeah. like Brian Campbell's and it's mood music. Uh, that kind of stuff. All right, everybody, you're tuned in to the Maya Kai Show Unplugged, featuring comedian Nikki Braden. The first hour is in the books. We're going to shift gears and do the friends in the second hour. We're going to share with you those magic words that you need to say when you call 911. If you want your call, go top of the queue. All that more to play. We'll be right back.
We are officially into the second hour of the show. Remember, we're on every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you miss any show, never fear. You can always find the shows here on Blog Talk or go to the iTunes Store podcast section, search Maya Kai Presents, or just come to the website, mayakai.com, and everything in regards to the show is there. All right, so if you find yourself in a jam, <laughs> like Slaves for Slave would say, not one is just a joke. One is a joke. I guess. Yeah. That was the best song ever. That was the best okay. song. Flavor ever. Flavor. See, once again, that's good hip hop. Flavor. First of all, the, the fact that a whole generation of people embraced the biggest hype man ever in Flavor Flav is kind of scary. Yeah. I never quite under I never quite understood him. And then when he got the reality show, that scared me. I was like, what woman yeah. is buying for this? But okay. I oh my God, they were kissing anyway. him. Oh. All right. So there's a method to the madness. In situations when you decide you need to call 911, which means it really should be an emergency. So what we've come to learn is that actually 911 is more automated than people realize. Most police departments are using software because the people who actually work as dispatchers are civilians. So they're not leaving it in their hands to kind of determine the importance of the call. There's software that does that for them. So it's scripted. So when the call comes in, it logs in and it, it kind of rose through different screens. And they said it's mm-hmm. important to know how you answer certain questions will prioritize the information that goes into the computer and sends out a police officer to assist you. So they said even though it might seem like the questions they're asking are kind of redundant or irrelevant, it's to determine how you answer and how important the call is. They said, for instance, um, you have to convey a sense of urgency when you are reporting an incident, so you need to say things like, I love this, there's something in progress. It's occurring You know what? Right I'm going to tell 911. I'm going <laughs> to let 911 have it. I'm going to get ready to let them have it. Look, all you need to know is help. Is that not urgent enough? Help no. is not urgent enough? I don't have time for it. Well, in progress. No, I don't have time so for that. They're, they're going to ask you questions like, okay, does the offender or the person involved in this have a weapon? They said this becomes a really key this this moves you either up in the queue or down the queue. They said because if you say no, then they say yes. it won't seem time, yes. this is urgent. Now, they said what's key is if you don't know, it's better to say I don't know, the weapon isn't visible. But they said don't say no, say I'm not sure, he might. But never say you see a weapon on the person because then they show up and start shooting folks and then we have a problem. But they're saying just say I'm not sure, he might, he might. No, 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 no. I, no, you know what? No. This is absolutely, this is a no for me. I'm not doing this with 911, Maya. This is a no for me. If somebody's in my house, I, yes, he has a weapon and shoot the shit out of him. I'm sorry, when he comes, I want you to come in guns a blazing. I don't have time to play these games with you. Somebody's in my they house. Said, I don't have time for be, this. They said, you know, be, they said nondescript phrases like loitering and hanging out doesn't prompt urgent response. You need to say things more specific. I'm not like, calling you if somebody trust, hanging out. Look, trespassing. <laughs> Casing I'm home not calling you for hanging out. Listen to this. Standing on the corner waiting to make a drug deal. How do you know all that? And why you know are you what? not minding your own business? That's the first thing. Right. Looking for a victim. Right. Job. Okay. I'm not going to be around long enough to even tell you that. I'm going to opposite way. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. Because so, I might this become what a victim I mean. just my luck. So they're saying you need to this be is what really I mean. specific in what you see. Just don't say they're loitering and hanging out. They said, once again, you're going to fall to the bottom of the list because that doesn't really mean anything to them. But when you say trust, It doesn't mean anything to them, and you shouldn't be calling because somebody's hanging out. <laughs> Why are you calling because somebody's hanging out? I'm not coming out for that. 
but I will come out if you like help. <laughs> like that's what I don't need all this extra rhetoric. Sometimes people don't have time for that. Sometimes people are like I can't talk. He can hear me. I'm hiding. I don't have time for these semantics and these questions. Help and come. That's all you need to do. I'm not doing this with 911, Maya. Then I'm not going to memorize this. No. You know, I've never, I've never called 911, and I hope I never have to, seriously, because I feel Am like, I? especially, I've never, I've never had to call. So I don't, um, I've had 911 calls on me, though, which I thought was super funny in my house. I'm like, this one's this one. I mean, seriously, that was funny. I had 911 calls on me in my, I was in my house because my, neighbor, my neighborhood watch is serious business where I live at. Like, they're on it. And we had a power outage in the house. The house I live in is 115 years old. So originally I used to have fuses, you know, the little things you used to screw in. Yeah. And it was yeah. a process we were changing over from fuses to a circuit breaker. So we were having some issues, and the power went out. And so I had a flashlight walking around because I had to go down the basement to do something. And I, what was funny is I was watching the guy across the street walk back and forth looking at my house. And I was like, what is he doing? And he was looking at me like, what is, what's going on in there, right? What criminal runs around They're with They're about to take you down in your own house. You were trespassing in your own house. It was weird. I actually didn't even know they had called the police, and I come out the door because I was going to go to my car to grab a different flashlight, and when I come out the door, my puppy runs out the door, and the police are coming up the stairs, like, slinking up it like something's going on. Okay, I could have been dead, (laughs) messing around with my neighbor. I was like, they're like, stop, and I'm like, you stop. I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, who are you? I'm like, I live here. And then I had to go get ID and do all the stuff to prove that I... But I lived in the house, and I was like, okay, why yeah. are you here? He's like, because someone thought someone broke in. I'm like, no, my power is out. I had to explain this whole thing. I had to get my ID. The dog ran off. I mean, it was just stupidness. But I was like, but I, I can appreciate Neighborhood Watch. I mean, at least they were looking out. Yeah. But I was like, the police got called right. on me. Super, super funny. But, um, yeah, I just, it's interesting. They just want people, I think, if you, if it's important, I think you will convey that. If somebody is after you or something bad yeah. happening, don't most, don't most people sound like they're in a panic and they convey it? Yes, this is what I'm saying. Nobody's calling 911 for conversation. It's urgent. That's what it's well, for. I don't have to say all this. I'm going to tell you something. You to chat. Tell you something. There are some mentally ill people who have called to chat like, and have made some ridiculous statements. Like, my neighbor, um, I think they're over there doing something. Like, I want to call right now. Then hang like, up my on them. Roost- I want to call and be like, my neighbors have roosters in the background and backyard, and they won't stop cock-a-doodle-dooting. There's six of them, and they're all running back there. Can you come get them? I mean, I want to call and say that right now because they're back there doing it right now. Anyways, I digress. So there you go. Some magic words. If you're ever in distress and you're calling 911, now you know how to make sure that what you say conveys urgency. Because you should only be calling 911 if it's urgent in the first place. If it's urgent. That's the whole thing. But you know what it is? Nikki, most people don't know know the non-emergency number. That's part of the problem. They have no idea. 311. It's 311. Well, that's We don't know that. That's Chicago. Huh? That's not everywhere. That's not everywhere. But that's that's, Chicago. that's for me. That's I'm dialing three one one. If it's not an emergency, I'm dialing three one one. If it is an emergency, I'm dialing nine one one. That's what I'm doing. I'll just go look. I'll, I'll go look for that emergency number. All right. Another story that's out there, the fringe, that's interesting, and this kind of stuff irritates me. And I'm hoping this this story is erroneous. That somebody is lying. I'm I'm really hoping this is not true. There's a story coming out of the one state that we could always depend on some craziness happening, Lakeland, Florida. 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 I knew it. It's either Florida, Florida or Florida. Texas. Always, always up to something. All the time. All the time. A security guard shot, shot, he shoots a 15-year-old boy who shot him with a BB gun. Now, mind you, they're, they're showing the gun, which um, does have, like, the orange tab 
it, it has those markers on it. It looks real, though. When you first look at it, it looks like a real gun. So I'm be honest. In the dark, mm-hmm. I may not know this is a BB gun. I, to be honest, I may not know it's a BB gun, period. But the story that's being told with this is that this was a, a security guard that was armed, and according to what's being said, he was actually in a laundry room charging his phone. See, this is not making sense to me a little bit. But I said, okay, why are you charging your phone in the laundry room? So people need to stop being so connected to their phones. So the story is yeah. he's in the laundry room, he's, he's charging his phone, and this kid allegedly comes in there, and he wasn't alone, he was 15, and aims a gun at him and shoots him in the face. With a BB gun. Nice. So, yeah. And I guess, you know, obviously he gets hit in the face and then it's burning. But here's my thing. I think when you – I've never been shot, so I'm just going to make a, a, a large extrapolation here. <laughs> Getting shot in the face with a bullet versus a BB gun probably has uh, a different uh, uh, feel. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? I, I mean, just no, – don't you think yeah, a little bit? They, it hurts. It hurts. I would probably – I mean, a BB gun, that's – those little pep, they fly at that speed. Those little things hurt. They burn. They can stick. Like it, it hurts. And in your face, that's sensitive tissue. That hurts, Maya. So I'm like, but, but okay, but I think you would know the difference between a bullet and a BB gun. Sure. Like a BB getting shot in the face. That's all. I was like, didn't you know that it wasn't a bullet either way? However, the story unfolds. So he gets shot in the face. Um, he feels the sting. Um, I think he realizes maybe that he wasn't like shot dead, whatever the case may be. And then he begins to pursue the person who shot him, who turns out that he wasn't alone. He was with some other teens. And um, he was able to shot, you know, one of them in the leg as they were fleeing. I mean, I just, okay, let me just, here's what bothers me. I'm like, is this story true? Because I'm like, it just doesn't add up for me. It really, it doesn't add up for me. I'm serious. It, it adds up for me. Sense. Here's the deal. You shoot me, I'm going to have to shoot you back. Sorry, I'm fresh out of BBs, but you can have this bullet. That's how it adds, it totally adds up for me. I don't have any BBs to shoot you back with, but I have this bullet, and that's what's going to happen. You can't shoot me well, in the face. Are you kidding me? Here, here's you one thing. Sh- you know, and people are kind of making a big deal about, but it was just a BB gun. Let me just say this. If you pull something out of me and you shoot, I'm coming to the point where yeah. I think you can shoot back, and you got BBs, yeah, I got bullets, and that's just how this works out. I'm like, and at yes. 15, I think you should I don't know have BBs. I have bullets. Your you, bad. You brought a knife to a gunfight. That's your bad. <laughs> your bad. You, you brought a knife to a gunfight. And it turns out, um, I mean, the guy was, I mean, he had to be treated um, from the two pellet wounds that he had in his face. It could have put his eye out. I mean, it could have went wrong. It could have. It turns out the kid that was shot, actually, I mean, it was a, a casualty from it. But I was like, what's wrong with people? Like, what makes you think I don't you know. should shoot a person who's actually armed? I don't under, there's something wrong. It's like that knockout game stuff. Like, you think it's okay to walk up and just punch people in the face? Really? Yeah. That's what I'm, you understand what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, no, I get it. It, This makes sense to me. You can't shoot somebody in the face and not get shot back. If I have something, I'm shooting you back, and I don't care if I don't have BBs. That's your fault. But you can't do that. You can't do that. Another thing that people need to stop doing, I understand you can have a cause, and I'm cool with that, but it's Easter Sunday, and just because you're an animal rights activist, it doesn't mean that you should jump in a church full of people, jump out the pew with a megaphone and start screaming. This happened at St. Patrick's what? Cathedral in New York at an Easter Mass. Um, there were some animal rights activists that were there, um, six of them, uh-huh. and they were on a stage of protest. So they were in pews like they were at service. They jump out during the service. It's Easter time. It's a Easter is a time for love, no more shedding animal blood, you know, and holding up signs. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. What? We live yeah, in were the they world killing bunnies people. in the church? What happened? What, what, I don't get it. First, I don't know. <laughs> here's my thing. 
you need to figure out where you want to stage a protest because what happened to somebody in that church had a gun? We have too many terrorist things going on for you to be jumping out with, like, you know, blow horns and saying stuff. And one thing was, like, she actually thought it was, like, a terrorist attack because it was six of them and they all came out the pews and it got real disruptive and people got really afraid. I'm like, this is not – I'm like, did the, I'm not you, did the church do something to bunnies? I mean, why here? This is what I'm saying. I'm like, well, they ain't shooting. But what is – why are you animal rights activists popping off in church mass Easter Sunday? I'm like, were they terrorizing bunny rabbits? I don't understand this, like, at all. I don't get Again, it. I'm trying to figure out the connection between the bunnies, the eggs, and Easter. I don't get it. I don't, but it's just wrong. I'm telling you, we have a climate of fear in this country. And I'll be honest, I probably would have had the same thought. I'm sitting in church, mind my own business. Allegedly, I'm trying to be Christian in some way. And uh, somebody jumps out like that, my first thought would be, oh, my God. So it's a suicide. I'm just I'm just whipping Bibles at the back of everybody. I'm I'm throwing hymns at the back of everybody's head. Yeah, but, um, I'm let's say um, there's missiles. FYI, you will not find a Bible in a Catholic church. You will only find a thin little missile, and that ain't gonna hurt nobody. <laughs> missile it. That's it. That hymn book is flying. Bibles are not to be found in Catholic churches. I can tell you that I know firsthand. But I'm just like, why would you do that? This is not appropriate. I don't know. I just I, I could annoy people. I wish somebody would have jumped up and punched them in the face. I know it's church, and I'm you know promoting violence, but seriously, somebody should tackle them. Like, oh my God, it's terrible. Yeah, you now. can't seriously. do that. That's it's our, scary. It's our, kicking, it's our kicking their asses is what they should have did. So I was like, yeah. that was inappropriate, and you never should have scared the bejesus out of people like that. Right. Oh, I don't know, Nikki. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right, everybody, that's a friend. Some stories out there that are trending. Maybe not in your, you know, your timeline. We figured they're worth, they're worth sharing the insanity that exists in the world that we live in. Our next segment <laughs> is say what, and I've come to enjoy say this. Say what? You just, you just ask yourself the question. Really? Is that? That can't be true. You know, I would like to believe that people, you know when they say there's an app for everything? There really isn't an yes. app for everything. And if, I, if somebody thinks there should be an app for you to get an instant babysitter, then I think we need to question your parenting skills, and we should charge yeah, you a little bit. neglect. Because why in God's name would you let some random person come to your house because you I want to wake your kids? I'm telling I you. I do not know. apps now. For everything. We'll talk about that and say what when we come back. You're tuned in to my Kai Show. Unplugged. Featuring. Everybody's feet in the fast lane, surely now. Revving through the kids, trying to keep ourselves from stressing now. Uh, take a look in your heart and your soul This is really it, is it all that you are? We're so caught up in the riddle And we suffer for so little all along
um, guaranteed. Yeah. And a lot of kids are, are in bad situations, but it's a being, being imagined told, um, you got to take this loan out, and by the way, the interest rate is 6.8%. Yes. I feel so bad for some of these kids because I'm Take like, this you know loan what? out, and we're going to rape you. We're going to rape you. Take this loan out and get raped. <laughs> like that's, that's essentially what they're telling you to do. That's insane. I do. I you know what? what? My oh my god, school is so expensive, and these kids get out, and even undergrad, they're almost a hundred. Depending upon where you go, you could be six figures in the hole just for undergrad. This is not good because then how do you it's supplement not, that? Not. Like you can't find a job to pay for that, so you're just in the hole. You starting backwards, you know. You starting in the well, red. You, know, That's you, you already know. You already know that just getting a student loan, you're already in the hole when you got school in the first place. So sure. you know, here, comes, here becomes welcome to adulthood for all those kids who couldn't wait to be adults. You may now either have to go get a job and go to school part-time. You just might have to figure out a different way to make this work. This is just a reality check. It is a sad one. It's not one you should feel like you should have to have so young. But, hey, welcome to adulthood. Right. Everybody, they're, they're racing to get to it. <laughs> now you get what it's really like. And it I don't want it. Money, right. money doesn't, want it. Doesn't, grow on, doesn't grow on trees. Or – this might be the time that you might revisit. I'm, I'm waiting for the comeback, seriously, of the community college. I'm waiting for people to realize. It is making a comeback. I, it is I making a comeback. I can go to community college. This is, this is two years. advice. Go to a community yes. college for two years, and you pay a two fraction years. of what you would pay for the four-year school for the same class. Absolutely. You get your associates, you transfer over, and you start your classes in the program of study when you transfer that four years of school. Let me tell you something. Yes. You save a ton of money, and a lot of parents need to start – they need to start telling their kids, you know what, this is just, it's too expensive. You need to do this. It makes more sense. It's cost effective. And you don't go so deep into debt. Not to mention, if Absolutely. your kid is not ready to school, don't send them. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. If, they, if you know that, I, 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 I absolutely agree. And that's the it. plan. And I'm like, you don't get financial aid. Tootsie, so they, financial you can't do that. So she would have to take out a loan. Nobody's giving you financial aid. Nobody feels sorry for you. So that's sixty grand. Every year, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, you're gonna yeah, knock that, these two kinda, years out. That kind of sucks. Community when college, you even, when and then you don't transfer. even get to play the black card and get money, you lost out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when that doesn't work for you, for right? <laughs> when that doesn't work for you, wow. <laughs> is, there, is there an eighth Native American or something there? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, this is really unfortunate. I feel bad for the kids. Well, okay, I'm like, hey, what? You're throwing this loan at these kids? This, wow. this is a hard time, and community college needs to be on your mind. I'm serious. It does. Yes. You need to be advised. Yep. Go to community college and save some money. All yes. right, another story out there. This literally, I just, it mortifies me. Anybody who ever does this, they need to be reported for abuse and neglect. <laughs> because there's, there's now an app out there. It's called Chime, and it's an Uber-like app. It's not Uber itself. It's Uber-like. You know, all these apps kind of okay. Uber sprung up and the success sure. of being able to provide transportation and different stuff to people. It kind of created all these sure. different kind of encouraged people to create these apps, everything from, like, dog walkers um, to all yeah. kinds of stuff. So along with dog walkers now, let's just say you are at your wit's end. Your kid is pushing every buttons you have, and you're like, if I don't get out this house, I'm going to choke out this little person in front of me. <laughs> okay? There's <laughs> an app. Out. Chime that you can jump on, it gives you instant access to anybody who's available in your neighborhood to come baby. No. No appointment. No. You can schedule your appointment, and they can be there within an hour notice. No. Now, no. This is actually a Chicago-based app. It was, it was created in Chicago. So the pro, it has a profile photo of the sitter. 
It tells you how much to expect the cost of the care. It gives you a rating, like if there are one, give me the person with one, are they cheaper? Um, or five or ten, whatever. Experience their age. Um, you can even see if they're certified like in CPR and first aid. Um, and allegedly, Chime does a complete background check of people before they allow them to get on the app. There's even a video no. of, of who's no. the profile like, hi, my name is Maya, and I no. love kids. And if you need a break mm. because Johnny is driving you crazy, guess what? Just go ahead and set an appointment with me. I can beat it with an hour, and you can have a peace of mind. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. This is the craziest thing. This is going. This is when things go too far. Absolutely not. I'm going to call somebody in an hour to come get Like, how do you know? And what kind of background check? People do background checks all of the time. That doesn't still mean you're not crazy. You understand what I mean? You can't right. do that. That doesn't mean you're not crazy. Okay. You just haven't been have caught for one. being crazy. That's there, all that means. Already, okay. There's already that website called care.com. You've seen, I'm sure you've seen the ads for that, yes. you know, where you can go yes. online and get a babysitter. And interesting enough, I know somebody mm-hmm. who used that, and you know what happened? I did, um, too. She, she, had her use, she used the same person a couple times, and then, like, a third time, um, she stole stuff from her after See, she got no. familiar with her and all that kind of – so my thing is just, like, you know, when you have a babysitter, it really needs to be a family member, and even you got to give them a side-eye sometimes. Like, you make sure you pay attention yeah. to my child. Or it needs to be somebody you really know or you trust. Because, and that's why I'm like, who would, like, a random person could be there in an hour? Like you said, the guy who drove for, for Uber that was in Michigan that went on the shooting spree and shot in between right. driving Uber. Okay, he had a clean background. Uber didn't know he was a nut sure. job. Are you kidding this me? This is what I'm saying. I was like, it just means you haven't right. been caught for being crazy. A Look, background check tells this, me nothing. This needs nothing. to be a sting operation, and any parent that logs on to Chime.com, instantly DCFS should come to their home and be like, this is abuse and neglect. You know nothing about this person, and we are removing your child from the home. Thank you very much. Chime in on that. Yeah, no. I, I don't know like who mortified. would take a chance like that, but I would, Look, I would not. I would absolutely so. not. I don't even have kids, and I wouldn't, need, I wouldn't even use an app for somebody to come to my house and take care of my cats when I leave to go out of town. I make a family. You can do you it. can do Seriously. that. I mean, you're not coming in my house, but I'm like I'll leave him outside. You can do what you will with him. But I'm like, <laughs> you know, I need you. Ra- I'm, I'm gonna need you to raise up off Piper like that. Piper is such a good dog. You are so mean to Piper. Oh my God, best dog ever, folks. I kept Piper for a weekend. Okay, Piper is the uh, dog. Okay, uh, really sweet dog. And you just be oh so mean to Piper. He just loves her to death. He needs to bite you in the ass. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Another story that makes me say what? Okay. Callie, Fred, this is for you. Yeah. They said, Compton Culinary Scene that's coming on, that's new, where two guys, one's a crip and a blood, and they yes. unite to create this unique culinary experience. First of all, I was like, kudos, seriously. Mm-hmm. They're obviously from rival, rival areas, neighborhoods, and they decide to join forces. Now, this is funny. Um, and they created, their establishment is called Trapping. I'm not sure how I feel Trap about kids. that. Um, Trap uh, yeah, kitchen. I need you to do it. I need a different word than trap kitchen. I, I'm not liking that at all. So trap, trap kitchen, kitchen LA. Um, and the two of them are working together. Malachi Jenkins. Um, he's a crip, and he went to he he went to culinary school, but he dropped out. And then Roberto Smith is a blood, and I guess he just liked to kind of cook too. And he was a mastermind behind this. And I guess the, they're saying one that the food is pretty decent. They're kind of doing the chicken and waffle mm-hmm. thing I saw in the picture that they mm-hmm. had in the article. But I just think it's interesting that two rival people decide to do this. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be the devil's advocate and tell you why I'm concerned with Trap Kitchen. Maya goes to Trap Kitchen and Maya gets shot up. You know why? Because somebody's you know going to have bitter, someone's going to have issues that, okay, these two guys want to get together and disrespect 
the brotherhood, and all of a sudden I'm just having some chicken and waffles, and now I'm Swiss cheese. I think not. Great you know idea, what? fellas. I don't, I don't feel safe. <laughs> well, see, that, that was your concern. My concern was what do they look like? And then when I looked up, I'm like, okay, I can, I can probably eat their food. I didn't want Coolio and Mac-10 making my food. I'm like, I'm straight on that. But these two, I'm like, oh, I'm straight on that. I can't, I can't <laughs> I'm You're good. wrong. But You're wrong. No, I'm serious. I was like, mm, this, this is a shady interesting, operation. So it's interesting because they actually post their daily menu on Instagram. Yes. So here's this the lobster get-up looks delicious. Two very, yeah, two very savvy guys. So at first you see the first picture of the chicken and waffles, like whatever. But then you scroll down, uh-huh. and they've got like this lobster shrimp get-up. And I'm like, yeah. okay, somebody's got some mad skills for real. Yeah. And, it, and they had, yeah. it was called uh, – 3 p.m. It was uh, the hashtag was pineapple apple Friday deadliest catch is lobster and shrimp and keem crab boat. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. Looks- I mean, here's the thing. You can you can call or text. Uh, hey, Fred, you need to go check this out and tell me if it's good or not. Um, you can text five six two six one eight four zero six three. I'm gonna put this in. The, I'm gonna put this into the the chat room. Go tell me how legit this is. I'm curious. Ooh, it looks good. On Instagram. Well, they're saying that they have clients are Snoop Dogg and like uh, the game and all this. So they have like Kendrick Lamar and all these people are, um, you know, clients of theirs. So I guess it's pretty good. It's in high demand. Um, in Hollywood. Hey, Fred, I, I need you to be the the yes, case tester with caution. Oh. Let us know how good it is. Um, one, I think it's oh, a great idea. Oh, he said he's in Northern California. Oh, just don't drive work. down there anyways. Just do it for the weekend. Don't drive. <laughs> go to Trap Kitchen, in, Fred. You're in we don't California. care. <laughs> go. Fred, you're in Go to Trap Kitchen, Fred. Just drive down. <laughs> but no, really, it's a great story, and here's my thing. I hope it works. Yes. I like to see this kind of unity. And I'm actually going to start yes. following them on Instagram because I'm curious. I want to see some of the things because this one thing looks delicious. I'm serious. It does. Yeah, it does. And I like the fact that they're, they're, they're tech savvy. I would have liked a different name of the restaurant. I'm going to say that. Trap Kitchen. So I feel like I might get trapped for real. Does it work for me? Um, but, you know, hey, I guess they're kind of sticking to the roots and kind of keeping it real. Right, but, um, right. Sometimes keeping it real might not be a good idea. But the food looks good. So, great story. I was like, say what? A crib and a blood getting together, cooking. They do say food Very brings nice. people together. It does. <laughs> I guess it does. I, I wouldn't, not Coolio and Mac-10, though. I'm like, I don't care what you guys are trying to come <laughs> together and accomplish. You will not cook my food. <laughs> you will not be able to eat it. I wouldn't. You will not touch the food. I get, you it. Can I get it. All right. So that's it for Say What? A couple interesting stories. I did post that link into the chat room, so check it out. Tell me what you think. Um, Fred, I really need you to drive down and taste test. I'm serious. No. Anyways, yeah, we didn't ask you what part idea. of California. We said go, go. Yeah, get, to, get to going. <laughs> we didn't ask you that. Just go. <laughs> We're moving on to our final segment, Celebrity Talk in the Side Eye. We're going to talk about an interesting reality show. Um, it's about some female black lawyers, but more importantly, we're going to talk about Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have, yeah, I've got some thoughts on that. Um, I'm going to rain on everybody's parade. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to hear about it, you should probably now log off the show because I'm about okay, to talk about it. Okay, that's me. i, I got to say... log off. You can't tell us what happened. <laughs> no, you, you got to say, unfortunately. <laughs> that's me. i got to go. I'm about, I'm, I'm about to say, you, by now, everybody's got the spoiler alert. They know it's going to happen. I'm just going to really break it down why I don't think you have to invest money to go see it. Just wait for it to come on video. I'm just saying. But that's my opinion, but we'll talk about everybody. All right, our final break of the show, and we'll be right back. Everybody sit tight. The Maya Kai Show Unplugged featuring
which means last call for comments, 310-807-5211 to weigh your thoughts in on any of this. Of course, chat room is open, and you know how to get social with the show. All right, so celebrity talk and side eye, just some different things that are out there. All right, before we jump into, <laughs> we're going to start with reality shows. First Jeff of all, apparently I have a strong amount of naivete about certain things. So over the mm-hmm. weekend, I found myself homework free. I don't know how that happened. Like I did a lot of stuff early in the week. And so between watching March Madness, which by the way, my, my brackets are so busted. It's ridiculous. But oh. I found sure, I found sure pleasure in Notre Dame losing last night. So hence it doesn't matter what else happens moving forward. Um, I just needed that to end. But mm-hmm. um, so I watched a whole lot of March Madness. So somewhere in between there, I was watching reality TV, which I don't do very often. And I kind of have a little respect for A&E. But they have this show. I'm like, what's wrong with people, for real? 
this kind of like just made me raise an eyebrow. There's this show that's called 60 Days In, okay? And yes. allegedly it's based on a program that was designed by the sheriff, Jamie Knoll, who feels there's corruption within the Clark, the Clark County jail system. And he actually enlists seven civilians to go into jail as undercover inmates, mind you, with the real yes. inmates, folks, to participate right. to figure out where there might be some corruption in the jail system. So they get people like um, their school teachers, stay-at-home mom, um, police officers, like people who've never, ever been incarcerated. And one of like them is Muhammad Ali's daughter. And I'm like, one yeah. of them is Muhammad Ali's daughter. And she I'm like, how do you like not people? She looks like she could sign it to you, though. Like, fuck it. Like, yeah. She looks like that. That's why um, they sent her. Ain't, ain't, like, nobody, ain't nobody messing with her in jail. Ain't nobody messing with her in jail. No. For real. I was like, wow. No. So it's like 300 no. cameras have been planted all over this prison, allegedly, this jail. And it's filming, trying to find any kind of corrupt behavior, like, you know, with inmates being allowed to fight, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you something. Who volunteers for this BS? Because I don't just know. my luck, the first day Shank. I'm fighting somebody. Yes. Yeah, I'm fighting our yeah. staff. I'm like, there's a huge yeah. liability to this, which makes me believe, I don't think any reality show, by the way, is, is real. I think they're all staged and they're all full of it. Seriously. Right. I was like, I mean, and there's one scene where, like, there's some serious fights and stuff going on. First, here's yeah. my first thing. How do you install 300 cameras into a jail and nobody happens to notice? This is what I mean. Really? This is this is yeah. This is what I I mean. I mean, it's got to be staged and rigged because you notice, like nobody ever messes with the people. And like one, she's just a stay at home mom, and she's like fresh. She's like skinny. Muhammad Ali's daughter looks scary. I wouldn't mess with her either. But yeah. she's just sitting by herself. And so I was like, okay, somebody would have hit you in the face by now. There is no way possible that she wouldn't yeah, have got no. picked on. So I think it's staged. I watched it once, and then I was like, this is stupid, and I didn't watch it yeah, anymore. Yeah, I was just like. But, I'll, oh, be, I'll be impressed. If somebody gets hurt and rushed to the infirmary, then I'll be impressed and I might yeah. be I mean, I need them to be hurt. I've been very violent today. I need to watch that. I've been I've been wanting people to get hit and hurt. That's not good. Um, <laughs> no, really. I was like, this is stupid. And nobody, yeah, you don't stupid. put that many cameras anywhere and no one knows. So, okay, I saw that. The other reality show that I watched, and I was like, this is my na- naivete right here. It's called Atlanta Plastic. Okay? This is a lifetime. And it's about... Mm-hmm. Um, these three black plastic surgeons in Atlanta and these people that are mm-hmm. coming for plastic surgery. Okay, I didn't know that that many black people were interested in being that altered. Seriously. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Like, That's big business. I, mean, I just never thought about it. I was like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm open to a couple procedures myself. But, I mean, like, but here was the thing that was funny. Everybody wanted the Brazilian butt list, like taking fat yes. somewhere else. And putting it in their butt. Yes. I was like, but it's, my thought was this, though. It's fat, and eventually fat doesn't work the way you want it to work. I don't know. I don't, I, I, when, I I don't know when this fat is going to go away. I don't know that what this new wave of booty, <laughs> but it is driving people insane. I mean, people are doing insane things for a booty. Like, when when is this going to go away? Because this, this is all the rave and all the madness. But here's what's crazy. One this lady is... came there and said that she needed her procedure to be corrected because she knew some friends who had did it, and this person that did it would do it in a hotel room. Okay, I'll ask you a question. See, this is what I'm saying. Why do you let anybody do anything to you in a hotel room know. that does not involve sex? I'm not trying to be funny. I don't, I'm just saying, though. Like, I, you don't show up to know. a hotel room to sleep or have sex. Two things. I'm like, I'm like you don't <laughs> let somebody inject something in your butt? Are you kidding me? 
People are crazy. No. Like, there's something. They are. And people have been putting died. cement. Like, one girl cement, let someone in. Yes. guy was injecting cement in her butt. I'm like, what kind of nonsense is I would rather have a pancake butt than have somebody inject she, cement in my this. butt. One girl was talking about how she allowed her boyfriend to use caulk. Like, it happened See, the first time and it worked. I was like, okay, so let me get this right. Somebody's going to look at me and be like, babe, I don't think your butt is big enough, so let's put this cock in that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I will punch you in the face. Get out of here. Do I look stupid? Something's wrong with people, Nikki. Like, this is health risk. Cock is not meant to enter the human body. It's meant to plug up holes and stuff. So why would you put something toxic in your body? What's I don't wrong know. with people? It's not that I mean, serious. Not, look. Do some squats, and whatever you get from it is yes. what you're supposed to have. Now, I get squats will get it. Places. I, I'm, I'm okay yeah. with sucking squats out fat will get it and done. the boobs there. And, yeah, squats will get it done. And I squats get will get it done. Fat sucked out. I'm, okay with, I'm okay with liposuction. I'm okay with not so much breast enhancements but breast lifts. I'm cool with all that. As a woman, I get time wears on you, and sometimes you just want to modify yourself. You know, it's like, you know, a tune-up. I'm fine with that. But some of this stuff is crazy, seriously crazy. Yeah. That was another show I was like, I didn't realize that many people were doing stuff. but. Mm-hmm. Another show that's interesting, and I'm like, here comes another show that I just feel like is just so goofy. So I'm afraid to watch about, this. About self-made black female lawyers, it's called Sisters in Law. And, of course, mm-hmm. it's the typical, I'm black, I'm a black woman, hear me roar, I'm going to save the world. I'm like, this, you know what, this is like a spinoff of Empire, in a way to be. I'm serious. I was like, I, I don't need this. Just like a Slim Jesus. Have you watched it? I didn't watch it. I'm afraid it. to watch it. Because I'm like, if they get women that are lawyers and they're acting a fool and, like, climbing yeah, on tables and throwing drinks, drama. I'm like, I can't. But it's drama-filled. It's I a lot of neck rolling and eye rolling and, you know, I can't. smacking the tongue. I, yeah, I was like, look, I can't. black women already have enough stereotypes we're working through. Can we just yes. put this one to the side, please? Because, you know, I already have enough I'm dealing with. I don't need you to add to it, okay? No more cookies are allowed. The cookie jar is full. Go ahead. It's full. End it's it. full. I was like, it's I'm going to I'm I'm figure, figure out a way for me to get a reality show. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to figure something out. Seriously. All right. Final chat. I am one of those people. I am a comic book junkie. As a kid, I watched. Com- I mean, I watched. I had stacks of comic books. My mother hated this because I was a girl and it wasn't supposed to happen, but I had stacks of them. I was that person who got up on Saturday mornings and watched the Super Friends. That is probably told how old I am. All right, with that being said, I am a Marvel girl, not a DC comic person. Honestly, I've never been okay. good on DC. So DC has lagged for, for, like, years, and Marvel has taken over. So the installments of... DC Comics coming to screen. I mean, obviously Superman and things like that, but you know what I mean. Not like the way Marvel has done it. So, Batman versus Superman comes out. I'm going to put a disclaimer on this mm-hmm. really quickly. One, I don't care for Ben Affleck as an actor. He's only been good in two things to me. Gone Girl and The Gone Girl and, and the, what's the, the one in and Boston. The what was that? Yes, The, the town, town was great. Was great. He sucked in everything else. He was god awful in Daredevil, and I don't know who thought he should be a superhero. And once again, he crashed and burned. Like seriously, not a good Batman. Matter of fact, this whole installment was. It took too long for anything to unfold. They tried to introduce too much. The only thing that rocked out, Gail Godot plays Wonder Woman. Good pick. Even though her costume looked a little too much like Xena. But other than that, she was a good pick. 
Otherwise, I am very biased to Henry Cavall, who is like one of the finest creatures walking the face of the earth to me. He is a good pick for mm-hmm. Superman, and he was fine. But mm-hmm. this is just not a good movie. But people are like, critics are wrong because it rolled in, like, seriously, a massive $424 million. But that happened nice. because people were curious. But people were curious right, right. about it. So, it was, it was, so right. like, to me, the dollars don't dictate it's not a good movie. It's really not. And I hate to say this, I don't know how they're going to make this work for DC Comics because thus far, I'm not impressed with that, and I hope the Suicide Squad will do better. And actually, I think it might do better because it's it's kind of its own its own entity. So if you're going to go see Batman versus Superman, do it on a matinee. I was. Don't go spend big money on it because I'm I think not if now. You're like me, Thank you. You're gonna you're, you're gonna probably be a little disappointed because they just Zack Zack Snyder didn't do a good job with this. He really didn't. I'm not impressed. Hate to kill it. And by the way, Superman does die, but you should know he's gonna come back. You right? know what? You people are uh, no. I, I mean, honestly, honestly, like we, it is another. Nikki, we have a new show antagonist in the spread just what? completely. I was like, do Nikki, not okay. say that. You guys are horrible freaking people, and Nikki, I'm not even kidding you. There can be no Justice League without Superman. I mean, you do know he died in the comic books and come back. He's he's not dead forever. Hello, what? I don't, I don't care. I don't want. I don't want to know. I hate everybody today. Can we end the show now? I'm sad. Actually, we're, we're being told we have to. We're, we are being told we have to end the show now. So with that being said, this episode is in the books. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It was so enjoyable. Fred from Cali, thank you for tuning in. Everybody else, I hope you Google Slim Jesus because I need you to be traumatized and truffle butter. Please do that for me because I need more people to be traumatized along with me. With that being said, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Maya Kai Show Unplugged, featuring comedian Nikki Braden, is on. If you miss any show, obviously blog talk shows are here. You can go to the iTunes store, the podcast section and search Maya Kai Presents or my website, mayakai.com. You can find it there, too. Nikki, when we're not on air, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? I got an attitude. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm not telling you. I got an attitude. He, I'm Nikki Braden. Back. He comes back. It's okay. Oh, okay. I'm Nikki Braden on Facebook and Twitter, the Nikki Braden on Instagram, and you can hop on over to NikkiBraden.com. That is my website as well. As always, enjoy your Monday, and if you get the opportunity today, please do something nice. All right, everybody, we'll see you on Wednesday, same time, same place, and happy Monday. Follow Maya on Twitter at The Maya Akai Show, on Instagram at Maya Akai, and friend her on Facebook. Social media is bringing us all closer together. The Maya Akai Show. Radio never looks so good. Eh, I'm going to retweet this.